0: It's time for Speaking of Speaking, quick tips and tools to take you from stage fright to spotlight. This podcast gives you an inside look from the world of public speaking and speaking secrets you need to be bold from the stage, no matter what business you're in. The host of Speaking of Speaking, Carl Richards. Thank you, Matt. Yes, another edition of the Speaking of Speaking podcast. I am so thrilled today to have a guest joining us. Sandy Tunwell is the founder and managing consultant of Account Train, Inc., which in 2018 celebrated 25 years of providing all things accounting to varying companies across many industries. Now, Sandy has combined her vast knowledge of accounting with her social skills to develop a unique approach to bookkeeping and accounting, which has been recognized and appreciated by many clients in the big thing is the communication. And that's why we're talking to Sandy today. And we are talking about networking, number one, and we'll also be talking about what we're saying to our prospects and potential clients so that they understand what we're all about. Sandy, thanks for joining me on the podcast today.
1: It's my pleasure, Carl. Nice to be here.
0: So you've been in business for quite a while and let's start with the networking piece because I think that's where things really started to shift for you because networking was, it was a very powerful tool in building your business and your brand.
1: It certainly was. I started account training in 1993 and I didn't know much about business at the time. Someone, I wish I could remember who, suggested that I join the Chamber of Commerce and which is now for Ottawa, the Board of Trade. So I looked into going to several networking events, and they had varying ones. They had events that were for small business and for large business. In the beginning, I attended many just to see where my audience was. And I realized quite quickly that there was a breakfast that was held monthly that seemed to have the type of clients I was looking for, which was specifically small business and many startups. So what would happen is I would go to these breakfasts and I would meet small businesses. And what do you do? What do you do? And we'd get to know one another. And quite quickly, because I was going regularly, I found that people would start to recognize and remember who I was and what I did.
0: And that allowed you to Build the business. And obviously, building was due in in a huge part to the communication, the language you were using as you were in those networking settings.
1: Yeah, I find that what naturally came to me was if I was speaking to a person one on one and they said, Oh, I just started a business and I'm confused about GST or do I need my own bank account for the business? And they were starting to ask specific questions and I would answer, I didn't say call me and make an appointment right? just for a quick answer. And that way, right away, you build a relationship. That's not sell, 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 as well as they get to know, Hey, this person knows their stuff. So I thought that was a smart approach and it seemed to work.
0: Now thinking back to those Networking meetings, what were some of the things that you observed with other people who were networking and good or bad? It doesn't matter. What were some of your observations in that environment?
1: Well, when I get a new client, I always say to them, you know, go out and network because they expected the sales to come to their doorstep without doing anything. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't really believe in this, you know, cold calls that's a difficult uh, approach, and people don't want. call at the other end and nor is it comfortable for you making a cold call so i would say to people go start networking and don't focus on who the speaker is or where the event is focus more on just getting out regularly to get your face out there just like i mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. what i was noticing was happening when i was going was first of all there weren't very many bookkeepers attending these networking functions and That made sense to me because stereotypically bookkeepers are shy, they're quiet, and they would be nervous and uncomfortable in that type of setting. Mm -hmm. Lucky for me, no. I thank my talkative parents for that. I'm very social, so it (laughs) came in handy. And what I also noticed was if there were other bookkeepers, they were the stereotype and they were the ones that were in the corner and not really mingling And if they had the opportunity to introduce themselves, it was a very nervous introduction, Mm -hmm. very quiet, just sounding not full of confidence. You know, when it was my turn to be like, I'm Sandy from account train and this is what we do. And so it made a big difference. And I did have people approach me at the end of the meeting and and say, I think I need you or I liked what you had to say. And a few times I would ask clients, the people that became clients from those situations, you know, why me? There were other bookkeepers in the room. May I ask why you chose Count Train? And They said, because you knew what you were talking about, you were sure of yourself, you were confident when you spoke. So it's unfortunate, but not everybody, it's natural, but it can be learned. Just, I recommend, like I said, that people just go to a lot of networking functions. They can go to different ones. Another hint is you don't have to belong to the organization. Some of them Uh are very expensive to join. You might just have to pay 10 extra dollars or something for the event as a non-member, but you can go to many different organizations that are available in your town and see where you're comfortable. And that's the one that you might want to join. Or like I said, you don't have to join any, just make sure you're out there. And these days you can attend many networking organizations and meetings as well. So it doesn't have to be in person. It can also be remotely now.
0: That's a very good point that you make. I just want to go back to the part about really standing in your power and being confident about standing up and saying who you are, because I've been to numerous networking meetings and I recognize that some people struggle to open their mouths and explain who they are. And my attitude has always been, you know, one of the quickest, most effective ways to grow your business and to be seen as the expert is to speak about what it is that you do. And if you can't get your 32nd or one minute elevator pitch or infomercial out, people are judging. We say we don't judge, but we all know that we're looking at that and we feel bad for the person that's struggling, but we also go, okay, if they can't talk about what they do with confidence, how confident are they in doing what they claim they're good at doing?
1: Absolutely.
0: That's definitely a piece there for sure.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I've gone to many networking talks. And you know, some of these networking functions would have networking specialists come in and tell you what to do and not do. And I think it's all great. And it's helpful. However, you need to do what makes sense to you. So if they say you should say this, and you should say that, but you're not good at memorizing, and it sounds really scripted, then don't do that. Just say Mm -hmm. who you are, what your company does. And maybe one sentence. You know, of what a service is that you provide, or even if it's easier to present a story, just say, Oh, last week I helped a client, this was their issue, and this is how I helped them. So that's an easy way as well.
0: That's a great example. I actually really like that example. And if you can say that, especially if you're looking for things to say, and I know people that are always looking for that. I have to think of something magical to say, or I have to have a hook or a tagline, or or I have to make sure that in my 30 second infomercial, I have a BOGO. I have to have something to give away or sell. or That's not what it's about. It's about exactly what you said. It's what can you say? What are you confident in saying? And if you're not confident in saying, I think you said this earlier, you have to become confident in speaking. You have yeah. to be able to practice it. You, and you're going to make mistakes. Hey, I, you've probably made some Sandy along the way. <laughs> I've made a lot along the way, you know, you and I are both very professional people now, and we've made mistakes, but you don't get better at something you're not good at if you don't do it. And the other thing too, that I've noticed, and maybe you notice this too in networking, and this goes to what we, you know, one of the areas we wanted to talk about today too, was the power of networking is really important, but the power of clarity within what you're saying Mm -hmm. is really important. And I've been to networking meetings and being in client appointments where people will start talking about, if they're a financial person, they'll talk about the rule of 72, and they'll talk about this, and they'll talk about all these you know, markets and stats, and that's not making me feel comfortable. If anything, it's making me feel awkward. Have you experienced that?
1: Absolutely. I've often gone to networking functions where somebody's just, first of all, talking too much. You have to watch your audience. If you're in a group of, let's say, three or five people, and you should be taking turns and having the opportunity to each say something about yourselves, not one person dominating the conversation. But when it is your turn to talk, you want to make sure that you're saying something that they're going to remember. And there's no point in talking accounting lingo in my case, because I yeah. know that most people don't understand words like accrual accounting and amortization and even the word financial statements so dummy it down you know you'll as you're starting to work with people you can start to increase the vocabulary with their confidence level but at the beginning you know bring it down to earth
0: certainly in that networking setting but even if they're in your office for the first time you're not going to start talking about you know acuities and accruities and other, you know, top line this and bottom line this. And you're going to want to take it step by step. And I think that's the fault of not just some industries, but it's the fault of the people within them that they forget that all of that lingo, all of that jargon means nothing. And I know I may be crossing the line and saying that, but it means nothing to the person across the table from you or in the audience, if they don't get it. So if you're an IT person and you're talking tech and you're talking Fortran and COBOL and forward slash this, and this is how you do this code. If your audience isn't techie, guess what? They're not going to get it.
1: Yeah. They're not lost and bored it. actually. yeah, The last person they're going to want to deal with because they're going to think, a, will feel stupid. B I don't know if I should yeah. be asking the questions and I will have questions. It's not a comfortable place to start.
0: And within your organization, that's one of the things that you're sensitive to. You're really good at making sure that when you're working with clients and you're educating your team that, hey, when we're working with clients, we have to leave the jargon off the table until they get to a point where they understand what this means and this means and what this type of document that you need is. You just don't throw it out there. In the first meeting, you actually educate them along the way, right?
1: Absolutely. So there's a lot of terminology. So we can either say, you know, the sentence with the word in there and say what that means is, and a perfect example is the word accrual that's accrued accounting. You hear that term. Are you going to do an accrual? You hear this term over and over. People don't know what it is. So what I tell people is it's just another word for timing. It's all about when we time things in accounting so that the documents are taking the information in at the proper time. So that's all that that means. And I'll give them examples. I'm a huge believer of examples because people learn that way. They learn from stories and learn from examples, stuff they can relate to. So that's our approach.
0: But if you don't, educate them along the way, then they get lost. And I found that when I was learning about financial services, and it was because of being in the financial services world that, and I was only in it for a very short period of time, but in learning about, I'd never heard of the rule of 72. I had no idea what it was, didn't realize how it applied to me. And after I explained it, and I'm not going to explain it on this podcast because this is not a financial services podcast, but there is an example right there. But what the rule of 72 is, we're not going to explain it here, but how many people would sit across the kitchen table from a financial expert and say, okay, well, the rule of 72. And if you don't tell people what it is, just like you did with the accrual accounting, if you don't say what it is and explain what it is and help your client in making sure they understand not only what it is, but the importance of it and have them in that path. You mentioned earlier, and I did want to mention this because this is very important, regardless of whether you're working one-on-one, like you work a lot one-on-one with clients, or if you're talking to people in an audience setting, for example, like when you're speaking to them, if you are making them feel uncomfortable or stupid, or they should know something, but they don't, it's not a good feeling for the audience. You want them to feel good. You want them to know that you're not only the professional and you're the go-to person, you're the unmistakable expert, but I can trust you because you're going to speak in my language. So I do trust you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I take no pride in speaking above people. So yeah. I always bring it down to the common knowledge because accounting has a lot of its own words, but yeah. There's other words that we can put in its place so that the person understands it. And I want people to participate and to feel comfortable in a setting if I'm giving a workshop. I did learn the hard way. You you mentioned, you know, we make mistakes along the way. Once Mm -hmm. I gave a workshop actually at the Board of Trade. I was lucky. I was invited to give many talks. But the very first one I gave, I did that. I was either going too fast or I was speaking above them. And... I noticed halfway through I've lost the audience and that's tough. You don't want to lose the audience where they're looking on their phones and they're getting up and helping themselves to more coffee and speaking amongst themselves. So that's the aim. That's the target is that you've got them sitting at the edge of their seat, taking notes, raising their hands to ask questions. That's a good audience. You know, you've engaged them when that's the outcome.
0: Absolutely, when you're engaging them, but you're also giving them that call to action, and they've been moved to that point because there's a reason why they put chocolate bars and potato chips at the end of the grocery aisle, right? There's a reason why they're there. And it's because of the emotion that people connect with it. They remember, you know, it's their favorite chip that they've eaten for years. It's their candy bar they ate as a kid, whatever it is. It's the same thing when you're speaking, there's that emotional connection that you've made with the audience. You've built the trust, you've given them the emotional connection. You've given them that reason to trust you even more. And you've In something that you've said, you've made it aware to them that it's something that they need. So they need you because of whatever their problem, if I can call it that, it's problem solution, right? But you've made them aware of that. Let's talk about workshops because, and congratulations, by the way, on making that mistake once and then moving on from it (laughs) and being very successful with other workshops. That's great. But you actually have a workshop coming up that's going to highlight and help people in ways too. So talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, thanks, Carl. Yeah, I'm going to be doing a Lunch and Learn workshop on Tuesday, January 18th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time because I'm here in Ottawa. And what we'll be talking about are the most popular questions we're asked by new and small business owners. Also, the three types of companies that exist in Canada and the difference for tax purposes, as well as what CRA is looking for. And when is it due? I'm amazed at how many questions were asked by new business owners about HST and incorporating and how do we present this to CRA and what does this look like and what does this mean? We're always asked the same questions over and over again. So with that, we've designed this one-hour workshop where I go through all of that and have a and a at the end. And people often walk away saying... In this hour with you, I've learned more about accounting than I have ever before. And, you know, I feel very comfortable now with some of the questions that I had or most of the questions that they have. And then we move on from there.
0: Now, if you're listening to this podcast and you're outside of Canada, no doubt Sandy will still be sharing some very valuable information, but certainly if you're interested in finding out more, we're going to post those links in the show notes. And Sandy, is there an investment to sign up for that?
1: Yeah, thanks, Carl. Usually I give that workshop for $199 Canadian, but if someone's listened to the podcast and is interested, I'm happy to offer it for $49 Canadian.
0: Oh, wow. Phenomenal. Thank you so much for offering that to the audience today. So $49 and some amazing, you know, if you have questions, just like the one Sandy mentioned there, if those are top line, so to speak in your mind especially as we start here in Canada, anyways, you know, we'll be looking in January, February, doing our taxes, like we do for a year. But so if those are questions that you have, that's a good way to get them answered for sure. So again, January 18th, one o'clock, we'll post all the information and the links in the show notes. Sandy, this has been an amazing discussion. I congratulate you on the work that you've done with clients and the success in business and all the wonderful things you continue to do. And thanks for being a guest today on the podcast, quite quite frankly. I'm, I'm glad we could have this discussion. Before I let you go, though, any final thoughts that you'd like to pass along to the audience?
1: Oh, boy. No, I think that it's important when you're a new business owner that you hire someone. Even I know money's tight sometimes when you're new, but hire somebody because there are a lot of questions. And unfortunately, in accounting, there are a lot of rules. And what often happens is you're breaking rules and not even realizing it. So you don't need to necessarily hire somebody to do the books from day to day. You can hire somebody just to give you some guidance to answer some of your questions, maybe to check in with you along the way. And again, maybe just at year end to have a little review with you. And then you know, you've got the confidence that whatever you are reporting to CRA, Canada Revenue Agency in Canada, that you follow the rules and you can be confident that, you know, they're not going to be coming, knocking on your door, taking you away.
0: (laughs) Sandy, again, thanks for joining me on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me again, Carl. And I hope that I was able to share some information for everybody to use in some way and hope to see people in the upcoming workshop in January.
0: Thanks, Sandy. And remember, get out there and own the platform. Thanks for listening to the Speaking of Speaking podcast. Fired up about something you heard today? Want to learn more? Be sure to visit carlspeaks.ca. And don't forget to follow Carl on Twitter at carlrichard 72 or join the Facebook group Speaking of Speaking.